0: Hi, this week on Redistray, I'm going to be reading the 38th and 39th chapters of Keeper of the Lost Cities by Shannon Messenger. Chapter 38. Sophie took a deep breath to fight the drowning sensation she always felt when surrounded by the aquarium in Alden's office. She strangled her satchel against her chest. Alden cleared his throat from the other side of his paper-strewn desk. What was it you wanted to talk about, Sophie? She opened her mouth. No words came out. Is this about Grady and Adeline's decision? he asked quietly. She shook her head and swallowed, forcing her voice to work. No, though I am worried about them. They haven't. They've been acting weird since you came over that night. Alden looked away. They haven't told you about the fires? No, but they don't have to. I know there's hundreds of them, I know they're around humans, and I know you think the black swan's involved. So don't tell me there's no reason to worry because I know something's going on. The situation will be under control soon enough. The humans will put the fires out and everything will go back to normal. The words were confident, but she could tell from his eyes he didn't believe them. She tugged out an eyelash, knowing the next words she spoke would change everything. Not if it's Everblaze. Alden was on his feet before she could react. He held her shoulders, forcing her to look at him. How do you know that word? Her voice vanished. She fumbled in her satchel, pulling out the pyrokinesis book. His mouth fell open. Where did you get that? Someone put it in my locker today. The chapter on Everblaze was marked. She pulled out her memory log and flipped to the pages she'd filled after she called Alden. And when I read the word Everblaze, I remembered this. He rubbed his temples as he examined the complicated formula she would projected. Do you know what that, what this is? Not really. I know it's called frisson. She pointed to a symbol that looked like a Q with an X running through it. And what st- and that stands for Quintus. But I have no idea what it does. The list of ingredients and instructions was so detailed, only a master alchemist would be able to decipher it. Fresin is the only way to extinguish Everblaze. The formula is highly classified. I've never even seen the entire directions before. He ran a hand through his hair. Do you know what this means? Someone planted secret, secret information in my brain. Her voice shook. The words were so much more terrifying out loud. She She handed him the photo of her on the beach with with the sandcastle. I found this a few weeks ago. Why didn't you tell me? His voice wasn't angry, but guilt made her face hot anyways. I'm sorry. I was afraid I would get in trouble. But I also haven't remembered anything else until today. That's why I called you. She forced- herself to meet his eyes. The fires are Everblaze, aren't they? I'm afraid they might be, but I have been overruled on that opinion. Overruled? He rose to pace. The council doesn't believe it's possible. They think it's much more likely that humans have an arsonist who's playing with chemicals on their hands. And since they excluded themselves from our help when they broke the treaty, it's not our concern. I can't blame the council over feeling that way. Things like are supposed to be unheard of but our world is changing he stared into the aquarium your existence is proof of that what do you mean indecision warred across his features before he moved to the desk closed her memory lock and pointed to the silver bird etched up into the cover did you know that that's a moon lark a chill ran through her as she shook her head she barely paid attention to the cover. Soldiering, Alden said quietly. Moonlarks lay their eggs in the ocean and let the tide carry them away. The babies hatch alone and they must learn to survive without family. That's what the black—that's what the black swan called you, Project Moonlark. She gripped the sides of her chair, needing something to hold on to. Twelve years ago, we captured a member of the black swan and probed his mind. Prentice, she interrupted. He nodded. Prentiss was a keeper for the Black Swan, so the council ordered Quinlan to probe his memories. His mind broke in the process, and Quinlan was only able to extract two pieces of information a strand of your unregistered DNA and your codename, Moonlark. You were the egg they cast into the sea of humans, hoping you'd survive. The words stung, like swallowing ice. They matched what Tyrgon already told her, but. But so much worse. Oh, cool. sorry. She was Project Moonlark. So, my parents belong to the Black Swan, she asked. In a way, his fingers twisted the fabric of his cape. The thing is, Sophie, I'm not convinced you have parents. Not in the conventional sense. I think the Black Swan created you. For some purpose, I have yet to determine. I've done some research since I found you. Your human parents had trouble getting pregnant. "'So they saw a fertility doctor. "'I believe that doctor was a member of the black swan posing as a human "'and that he implanted your mother with your embryo "'to keep us from knowing about your existence.' "'The room spun as she tried to make sense of what he was telling her. "'Why?' "'You're very special, Sophie. "'Your DNA has been manipulated. "'That's why your eyes are brown, Why your telepathic out- abilities are out- are so outstanding.' They even gave you a photographic memory, so you can easily learn and retain information, like cipher runes and council secrets, and an impenetrable mind to keep anyone from discovering them. I assume that's also why you have an allergy. Libium affects your mind, and your mind is different from the rest of ours, not just in talent, on a talent level, on a genetic level. She shook her head, wanting to shake the information away. So... I'm a mutant. Not a mutant. An anomaly. Same thing. Same thing. Not as bad as it sounds. How? Are you saying a group of crazy renegades made me made me, and hid me away? Like I'm their secret weapon or something? I never said you were a weapon. I don't know why they made you or why they wanted me to find you. He smiled sadly when her eyes widened. It's safe to assume they're the ones... Who sent me that article about you? I'm sure they wrote the article. I doubt it's a coincidence the title uses the word prodigy. They even burned their sign around the city when where you lived to get our attention. She rubbed the temples. The news was getting worse and worse. What does that mean? It means you need to be very careful. He pointed to the pyrokinesis book. Clearly, they're trying to manipulate you. For what? I don't know. But they already made you an Ill- legal cl- made you illegally collect, Quintus. And the council may not be so forgiving if you break the law again. So I need you to promise me that no matter what messages you get, no matter what you hear or what you remember, you will come straight to me, just like you did today, and do nothing else. Will you promise me that? The fear was so suffocating she could barely choke out the word. Yes, it was scary enough having secrets in her brain. The idea that she'd been designed and controlled, like someone's puppet, made her whole body shake. Not to mention, she now had no hope of ever having a normal life. Who would be friends with her when they found out she was an anomaly? Alden wrapped his arms around her. It's going to be okay. We'll figure it out. She buried her face in his cloak and swallowed the sob. The sob fighting its way out of her chest. She was stronger than this, and she couldn't afford to lose her head. She shoved her fears away and focused on the bigger issue. What if the fires really are ever Just like in the book? Many things could cause fire to be that color. I'm looking into it. Please trust that I can handle this. She soaked up the hug for a few more seconds before she pulled away. Okay. He handed her the memory log, and she couldn't help staring at the silver bird, now that she understood the meaning. Keep track of everything, and you can't let anyone see what's in there. That formula is top secret. But I want you to have it in case it triggers something else. Do you understand? Don't worry, I haven't shown anyone, not even Grady and Annaline. He frowned at the names. Are you still mad at Grady for refusing to help? I'm just disappointed. But what's done is done. He squeezed her hands. Everything will be fine. Remember that, no matter what happens. I'll try. She glanced at the window, at the purple twilight sky. I should get home. I don't want to worry them. Alden nodded. He kept the pyrokinesis book to see if it held any clues to where it came from. He made sure the memory log was well hidden in the bottom of her satchel before he let her leave. Do you need the Leapmaster? Nope, I have my home crystal. She held up the pendant proudly. Alden bit his lip. Good. And Sophie? Anytime you need to talk, no matter what time it is. Call me, okay? I will, she promised. Then she stepped into the light, willing the warmth to soothe the chills running down her spine. As the scenery glittered away, she saw Alden's face fa- facade crumble. And then she was on her way home. Hoping she'd imagined it, another note from Grady and Adeline waited for her on the table. On errands. Be back later. Five words this time, more than double the last note. Maybe that was a good sign. She missed Grady's throaty laugh. She missed Adeline's gentle smile. She wasn't. She wasn't sure what the problem was, but she needed to find a way to fix it before it drove a wedge between them. She couldn't lose another family. Adeline had left dinner for her in the kitchen. Sophie didn't want to be alone, so she brought Iggy and some homework with her. She started... She was starting... She was starting the last chapter of the fire-catching book, when the front door chimes rang. She raced through the door, afraid it was Alden with another emergency. But it was a messenger, delivering a scroll from the council. She didn't hold it up to the light to see if she could read through the paper. She didn't test the seal to see if she could break it, then reseal it. The curios- The curiosity was fierce was a fierce beast rampaging inside her, but she fought the urge and left it on the table. She did stay downstairs, though, so she could see Grotty's reaction when he opened it. Her willpower had its limits. She curled up in the haze on the main floor to finish her last chapter. She mostly skimmed. Fire catching was so boring, but the word blaze caught her attention. Sir Connolly had taught her how to place a copper bead in the bottles to seal in the flame the, in the heat of the flame but the book said copper only worked with luminous flames non-luminous flames needed silver and something called a generated blaze required gold the, a memory in the back of her mind a memory tickled in the back of her mind luminite she wasn't sure what it meant so she dug out her memory log and recorded it she projected the image in her mind A squat, round bottle with a glowing golden seal. Did that mean Everblaze needed gold and luminite to be bottled? What was luminite? And why was the bottle short and round? Sir Conley drilled it into her head that the fire was caught. With long, narrow bottles, the shape was essential to hold the heat without cracking the glass. She closed her eyes, focusing on the memory to make sure she was seeing it right. The image was fuzzy, like something was missing that would clarify things, but she was sure the bottle was round. A loud rip shattered her concentration. No, Iggy! She screamed, racing across the room. She yanked Grady's scroll from his grubby little paws. RIP! A huge chunk of paper st- stayed in Iggy's possession as he skittered away, clutching his treasure. Get back here right now or I'm feeding you to the vermin. Five minutes of racing around the room and she was still no closer to retrieving the rest of the scroll. Stop! She screamed. Stop right now! Stop! Stop! Her mental plea was so desperate it transmitted. Iggy froze and turned to look at her, eyes wide with shock. Let go of the paper. The paper fluttered to the floor. She grabbed the tattered page to assess the damage. Look at this, she groaned, laying the pieces on the rug to figure out how to glue them together. "Why? What am I going to tell Grady? Do you have any idea how much trouble? Her voice trailed off when she noticed her name. A tiny voice in the back of her mind begged her to stop reading. But her eyes already spotted another word. Adoption. She skimmed the rest of the page, struggling to figure out what the tattered document was saying. And then she found it. In accordance with your request, adoption proceedings for Sophie Foster have been cancelled. Chapter 39. The word rang in her ears, pounding with every heartbeat. Cancelled. 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 As in started. Then stopped. She closed her eyes to stop the room from spinning. It wasn't until her lungs burned that she realized she'd stopped breathing. She hugged her chest as her body shuddered. Iggy crawled up her shoulders and snuggled into her neck, like he knew she needed a friend. It didn't help. She couldn't think. She couldn't move. She she wasn't sure she would ever be able to function again. Then the front door opened, and somehow she made it to her feet, scrubbing tears away from the back of her hand, with the back of her hand. As Grady and Adeline entered, "What's wrong?" Grady asked. Her chest heaved, from a choked a choked back sob. A messenger brought a scroll from it, but Iggy ripped it. Grady gasped and rushed for the scroll as Sophie turned and fled upstairs. He called her name, but she kept running. She slammed her door, dragging a chair in front of it for added security. Grady pounded outside, begging her to let him in, but she ignored him. She collapsed on the bed and buried her face against Ella to muffle the sobs. Eventually, the knocking stopped. She lowered the shades and sank into darkness, wrapping it around her like a blanket of misery. Then she curled into a ball and cried herself to sleep. The nightmares were unbearable. This time, the whole world burned, leaving her alone. She woke up screaming and couldn't stop shaking. Her eyes were red and puffy, and her hair was a disaster. But she didn't have the energy to care. Getting out of bed felt like a tremendous accomplishment. The only effort she gave her appearance was was to tear her runemone crest from her uniform. If anyone asked, she'd blame Iggy. She went straight to the Leapmaster, but Grady and Adeline were waiting under the glimmering crisp crystals. Foxfire, she yelled, refusing to acknowledge them. I locked it down. Grady explained when the crystals didn't move. Adeline stared at the gaping hole on Sophie's cape, biting her lip. We really need to talk about this. There's nothing to talk about. You don't owe me anything. I'm not your daughter. Their faces crumbled at her words, but she was too angry to care. Sophie, Grady tried. No, it's fine. I thought we were a family, but I was wrong. I can't replace Jolly, and I guess you don't want me to. The words left a sour taste on her tongue, but she ignored it, even when they both fell back a step, like the name Jolly was a physical blow. She wanted to them to hurt. They deserved it. There, we talked. Can I go now? I wanted you I wanted you to come. I want you to come straight home after school. Grady ordered, but his voice was hollow. We need to talk, regardless of what you think. She ignored him. Sophie, we're still your guardians, and you have to do what we say. She flash- Her eyes flashed as they met his. Fine. If you want me to keep up the charade, I'll play along. Would you like a hug while we're at it? Should I tell you I love you again? Adeline covered her mouth to block a sob. Grady paled. No, just have a good day at school. He snapped his fingers and the crystal spun to life, obeying her earlier command. She looked away, but Edeline's muffled sobs made her stomach churn. Even the rushing warmth couldn't erase the cold emptiness as the light swept her away again. You look like you lost a fight with a yeti, Jensing said, pointing to the hole in her cape. His smile faded when she didn't return it. Everything okay? Fine. She threw her books in her into her locker. One ricocheted and and landed on the floor. She kicked it and muttered a few words she wasn't supposed to say. "'Okay, then,' he said, slinking away. "'Watch out,' he whispered to Dex and Marilla. She slammed her locker and stomped off without acknowledging them. She tried hiding in the library during lunch, but Dex tracked her down. "'How long are you going to give everyone the silent treatment?' he asked, not even attempting to use a library-appropriate voice. The librarian glared at him. I don't want to talk about it, she mumbled, but I might be able to help. No one can help, but thanks for trying. You really want me to leave you alone? She nodded. He sighed. Okay, if you change your mind. Thanks. She watched him go, torn between relief that he was gone and loneliness so deep in her chest. So deep, her chest felt ripped apart. Dex must have warned everyone to leave her alone because no one sat with her in study hall. Vienna dropped a note in her lap when she passed by, though. Let me know if there's anything I can do. Sophie blinked back tears as she read the note a second and third time. She still had her friends, until they found out what a freak she was. At least, and they would help her through this, once she was ready to tell them. Bile rose in her throat when the bells rang. She didn't want to go home. It wasn't home anymore, but they didn't want... If they didn't want her, what was the point of staying? Maybe Grady and Edeline felt the same way. Maybe they wanted to talk about her leaving. Totally sick, she moved, moved sloth-like to her locker to triple-check she had all her homework supplies. Then she took the long way to the master. her footsteps echoing through the empty halls. All too soon, she was there. She stared at the crystals, unable to give the command. "'What are you still doing here, Foster?' Keith asked, coming up behind her. Don't tell me you had to go to the healing center again. Nope, just lost track of time. He fanned the air. Phew, those are some pretty strong emotions. Can You can't tell what they are, but they don't feel good. She looked away, avoiding his close scrutiny. I'm assuming you don't want to talk about it? She stared at the ground. I doubt I'll be able to guess, so I'm not sure where that leaves us havenfield she commanded glad her voice held steady she could see him shrug out of the corner of her eye candle shade he called their eyes met as the crystal spun overhead well i hope you have a good night he said as he stepped in towards his beam of light don't worry i won't gratty worked the worked in the pasture clipping gladys claws Sophie waited for him to yell at her for being late, but when he met her eyes, all she saw was sorrow. Do you want to talk now? She kept her tone cold. Let me finish up here first. She stalked inside, collapsing on her bed, and dug out her iPod, shoved in her earbuds, and switched to her angry playlist. The screaming and jarring was jarring at first. It had been so long since she'd heard that kind of music, but after a minute, the familiar numbness sank in. She closed her eyes. this was what she needed not to feel, not to care when she she would never care about anyone ever again. Someone grabbed her hand, and she bolted upright. Grady's mouth moved, but she couldn't hear him over the screaming and bass. She toyed with the idea of letting him keep talking, but he didn't he didn't seem to realize that she couldn't hear him, but decided to be mature. She pulled out her earbuds. What did you say? The loud song continued to blast from the tiny speakers. Grotty frowned. Is that music? Really? You want to talk about my taste in bands? He sighed. No. He sat on the edge of her bed and she scooted to the far corner. The more space between them, the better. Where's Adeline? She couldn't. He shook his head. This isn't easy for us, you know. She bit back the sarcastic comment on the tip of her tongue. She wanted this conversation over. Look, it's your choice and you made it. No point in explaining. But you understand why we can't? I don't have to. You have your reasons and they're none of my business. Grady bit his lip. Well, we're sorry. Me too. He stood to leave but turned back. It's not your fault, you know that, right? She snorted. Just let me know when I should start packing. Grady said something else but she'd already popped her earbuds back in. She leaned back and let the angry music tune out the world. When the playlist ended, it was dark outside. A tray of food waited for her on the table by her bed. She took a couple of bites, but her stomach swirled in protest. So she took the tray back to the kitchen, hoping she wouldn't run into Grati and Adeline on the way. She was almost back to the safety of her room when she saw Light sleeping through the cracks around Jolly's door. Curiosity triumphed over anger, and she tiptoed down the hall, pressing her ear against the smooth wood. This is only making it worse, Grotty murmured. Let's go to bed. You need some rest. I want to sleep in here, Grotty insisted. Edeline, oh my gosh, Edeline insisted. No, we agreed that you wouldn't do that anymore. A sigh cut through the silence. Do you think we made the wrong decision? Edeline whispered. I don't know. Me either, Fabric rustled. She was so hurt. Do you think we should- "'Do you think she'd actually want to stay with us now?' "'Yes,' Sophie wanted to tell them. "'Yes, if you really want me to. "'Besides, I thought you said it was too hard having her around,' he added quietly. "'She does remind me of her.' A tiny sob cut through the silence. "'How does she know about Jolly?' Alden must have told her. "'Or maybe Dax.' Fabric rustled again. "'Adeline, come on, you can't sleep here.' "'Just for tonight,' she begged. "'I need to be in here.' Granny sighed, just tonight, and I'm staying with you. The bed creaked and the light turned off. Sophie stood there listening to the muffled sobs for a long time before padding back to her room and crawling into bed. She tried to imagine what it felt like for Granny and Edeline, how much they must miss Jolly, how hard it must be to spend every day without her, how lonely it must be to live in a world where no one else really understood what they'd lost, and it was almost enough to make her forgive them. Almost. For now... It was easier to try to forget them.